Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. Join Eric as he shares his experience and real-life case studies, interviews guests, and answers your questions about personal injury law. The information Eric shares will help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 27-year personal injury lawyer, and this is the podcast where we break personal injury law down in hopefully a really simple way, easy to understand, try to clear up a lot of confusion, misunderstandings, things that people just don't know about this area of the law. And hopefully it helps if you listen to this or see it and guide you if you're facing a personal injury or if it's just something you're interested in. I hope you find it useful. So today's episode is about falls. And I'm titling this, Don't Fall For It. Because basically, I couldn't come up with a nice short title that really describes the seriousness and complexity of falls. So... Obviously, we see personal injury lawyers advertise, put out in whatever fashion that they handle fall cases. And typically, they are calling them slip and falls or trip and falls. And I don't love it. I I don't love the, the short quip of slip and fall, trip and fall, because I think it just oversimplifies really the magnitude of falls and the serious injuries that come from those. You know, I for this episode, I went and I researched a little bit, and there's some pretty startling statistics about falls. I, I will tell you personally, from my own experience, having handled many, many, many different types of fall cases with different types of injuries. We have had everything in our law firm from death from a fall, paralysis, broken bones with surgery, back injuries with surgery, severe concussions, life-altering brain injuries. All of these have come out of various falls. And according to the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, here's some stats I came across. Out of five, excuse me, one out of five falls causes a serious injury such as broken bones or a head injury. Um, Each year, three million older people are treated in emergency departments for fall injuries. Over 800,000 patients a year are hospitalized because of a fall injury, uh, and most often because of a head injury or a hip fracture. 
more than 95% of hip fractures are caused by falling. And falls are the most common cause of traumatic brain injuries. So falls are a big deal. And again, you know, I don't like to make light of slip and fall, trip and fall, because at the end of the day, what I see are pretty significant falls caused by dangerous conditions that could have been prevented. So somebody is responsible beyond the person that fell. Listen, as we get older, our fall risk increases for lots of different reasons, right? Our body grows weaker. Our mental acuity uh, decreases and falls are just more likely to happen as we get older. My mom, within the last couple months, she fell down the stairs and suffered very serious injuries and is recovering from that. And, you know, that happens. But what I see, what I have people calling me about are people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they've encountered a dangerous condition that caused them to fall and get seriously hurt. And it was something that the person, the company that owned the property, if they had been paying attention, they had been maintaining their property, they had been inspecting, doing those types of things, they should have discovered this condition in time that they could have removed it, they could have barricaded it, or they could have warned somebody about it. And it didn't happen. And now somebody encountered it, they fell, and they got seriously hurt because of it. And so this is why, again, I would like to have people, have lawyers throw out, instead of slip and fall, trip and fall, you know, falling, tripping over dangerous conditions and sustaining serious injury because the person that should have been responsible wasn't, and now they have a claim. But that's kind of hard, right? That's hard to throw out in a um, marketing campaign. So we call them slip and falls. We call them trip and falls because it's short, sweet, and simple, but it really does not adequately describe the magnitude of what I see. And so here's what we need to look at. What is the most important part of a fall that causes injury that is very likely somebody else's fault. You know, what is just like I broke down a car accident, right? What should you be doing right after the car accident? Well, what should you be doing? What should you be thinking about right after a fall that causes you serious injury? Well, there's about three or four things that are really important you need to know. And number one, would be 
make sure you get lots of pictures of the dangerous condition, whatever that is, whatever you think caused you to fall in the first place. So was it a pothole? Was it an uncovered manhole on a sidewalk, in a street, in a yard? Was it something that had accumulated over time, something that caused the surface where people are walking and encountering to be slippery, dangerous, stuff like that, right? Whatever that is, you need to have pictures and you need to have video. And not just a couple pictures you took from afar. Oh, there it is. No. When we get involved, if we are fortunate enough to get called soon enough after somebody falls, we get to the scene and we take lots of pictures. We take our measuring tape. We make sure if it's a pothole, we are taking pictures with all the dimensions, how wide, how long, how deep. Because not only does this show that it was a real deal, but depending on how big and how deep it is, it can show that this didn't just happen overnight, right? Because an, an argument we always encounter is, well, that must have just popped up. You know, it hadn't been there very long. So you've got to get really good pictures and showing all the angles and its relationship to where people are walking. So, for example, we had one where there was a pothole kind of right behind where cars parked. So I have a client that gets out of her car on the passenger side. She's coming around the backside of her car to go into a store. She encounters this pothole behind her car. And I mean, never had a chance to see it as she comes around her car. And so these are the things that are important, pictures and video. And it's interesting when I talk about video, because when we have falls that occur in stores, in retail stores, and whatever the condition may be that caused the fall, whether it was a slippery floor, whether there was something on the floor that shouldn't have been there, that caused a trip hazard, whatever it is. And, you know, you look up, you look around, and there's video cameras, right? Today, most stores have video cameras. Well, that would have captured the fall. That would have captured what happened with our client. Oh, but lo and behold, about nine times out of 10, when we're asking for the video footage, oh, the cameras weren't working. Now, you know when the cameras do work, <laughs> it's when it helps the store, right? I guarantee you, if somebody's stealing something from their store, the cameras caught it. They've got it for the police. but. It just so happens when 
my client fell in the store and there was something on the floor and it would show how long it was on the floor and it would show how big it was or how small it was, what it was, the mechanism of the fall, cameras weren't working or the cameras weren't there. Well, we changed cameras around and there wasn't a camera on that spot at the time. But it's important to put the owner of the store on notice. You want the video footage and you want to go back. You want to know when the last time there was video footage of that area because I'm not buying it. And that's really important. Obviously, that helps make a case of the owner knowing there was a problem and not taking care of it. So pictures, video, your own video as well. You know, when you're taking pictures, you've got your phone out or if somebody's doing it for you, let's get some video. Let's get some video of the area. Let's get some video of where you fell in relationship to what your destination was. All of those things. Now, you've also got to figure out another big step, right, is who's possibly responsible for this. and. This can get tricky because, for example, you're going into, I don't know, Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay, Bed Bath & Beyond. They're, I don't even know. Are they in business anymore? I don't think they are. But that's my example. You're going in there, and that's where you were headed. In your mind, you're in Bed Bath & Beyond's parking lot. Well, Bed Bath & Beyond doesn't own the parking lot. They're a tenant in this building. Somebody owns this building. Somebody owns the parking lot. Hey, you got to figure that out, right? And there's ways to do it. We do it all the time. Um, or what about if the owner of the parking lot or the owner of the sidewalk outside the store, what if they had hired somebody to do maintenance work? What if they had hired somebody to clean up? Maybe there was debris and stuff that caused a fall. And what if they say, look, we hired so-and-so and they were supposed to clean it? Well, first off, does that put the owner off the hook? Probably not. But secondly, that also brings in another possible responsible party. And we got to get connected to them. We want everybody that's possibly responsible for this dangerous condition to be in the mix sooner rather than later. It's important because insurance companies that come into play, they need to be in the mix sooner rather than later. You know, insurance companies, when they get notified about a claim, about a, an, a loss, is what they call it, an incident, you know, they go to work. And obviously they do their investigation and all the things and they set reserves. And that means they are putting aside money to pay this claim. And you want them to be involved sooner rather than later. You want them to know as much about the situation sooner rather than later so that they can set their reserves appropriately because it's harder for them to go back later or to get in later and have to try and do that. So identifying all possible responsible parties is a big step 
after a fall. The other thing is, if it's, well, it doesn't really matter. If, if it's a property owner, if you're inside a retail store, whatever, you want to tell them, you want to put them on notice that you're going to want all the maintenance records, all the procedures, policies that they have for maintaining their floors, for maintaining clean floors, for maintaining safe areas for their customers, for floor inspections. Okay, is there a policy out there that says employees need to be doing floor inspections on a regular basis? And then you want all the procedures and you want to see where it was logged that floor inspections were actually happening, that floor maintenance was actually happening, that uh, parking lot maintenance was actually happening. When was the last time the owner of this property did something about the condition of their property, right? Have they let this thing go downhill? Is this property in such bad repair that a customer of a store essentially has to walk through a minefield to get there? And it's treacherous no matter which way they go or how they go about it. And I've seen these parking lots that are a disaster. And They've had multiple claims from multiple people for falls and, and injuries. So you want to know what they know because here's where this is going to come back. In Missouri, at least, that's what I can talk about. When we're looking at a fall and in your, when you're in the legal claim of a fall, Fault can be assessed against both the person who fell and the property owner and or somebody that was supposed to do the maintenance. So the person that fell can have fault assessed against them and reasonably so, right? Because if we're talking about who's at fault for a fall, well, we want to know was the person that fell, were they walking with their phone in their hand up to their face? Were they looking up in the sky, singing, and not watch, watching where they walked? We, It's going to be an issue as to the person who fell and their fault. So we want to know what the property owner knew. We want to know what they did to make a safe walking area for the people they are trying and asking to come to their business to buy their products. Because again, let's say it's Bed Bath Beyond, which I don't think is in business, but that's where I've gone. Bed Bath and Beyond is advertising to people to get them to come in and buy their products. And when people buy Bed Bath & Beyond's products, they then have the money to pay the owner of the property the rent that's owed. So the owner of the property, they have a financial interest in that customer coming into that store. 
and they have a legal obligation to make sure their property is safe for the person going in to the store. And so when we're looking at where fault should be fairly assessed, we want to know, you know, how much of it should be on the person that fell and how much should it be on the person that had the dangerous condition on their property and what were they doing? And the one thing we know about falls and retail stores, I've been through lots of lawsuits and, you know, I've gotten expert witnesses, right? There are expert witnesses. There are retail expert witnesses. And what they will tell you is stores know that when the doors open to their store, things are going to fall on the floors. Customers are going to cause spills. Customers are going to cause things to fall off the shelves. They're going to drop things, whatever it is. That is a known thing in the retail industry, right? So then the question becomes, with that knowledge, what are stores doing to provide protection to the customers they want to come in their stores and buy their stuff? What are they doing to prevent customers from coming into contact with dangerous conditions and getting hurt? And this is where all of that stuff that we're trying to get and put the owners on notice about records, logs, procedures, policies. That's where you can learn how much they truly value the safety of their customers. Because here's the thing, what else is known in the retail industry? Customers' attention is on the stuff that's being sold to them. So you have shelves full of stuff that the store is selling. Where is the customer's attention? It's on that stuff, right? Now, you know, people generally walk. And, and I get into this with insurance lawyers that are questioning my clients. Well, where were you looking when you were walking? And almost to a person, my clients say, well, I have a general awareness of what's around me, but I'm shopping. I'm looking at what's being offered for sale. So I'm not walking with my head straight down, looking at every inch ahead of me. And nobody does that. It's ridiculous. You're looking with a general awareness, but in a store, your attention's being taken away from the floor and it's being directed up. There's signs, right? Look at these sales. Look at this product. And look at all these products on the shelves. And this is what retailers know. And that's why it's on them to make sure they're providing the safest possible atmosphere for their customers. And the same thing out in the parking lot, on the sidewalk, right? It's you, people are watching where they're walking, but they're not watching every inch. And at the end of the day, people are expecting when they get out of their cars 
and they make their way to a store that the parking lot is in a reasonably safe condition. That's what the law requires, that the, the surface area is in a reasonably safe condition. And if it's not, a warning needs to be there, right? It needs to be barricaded. It needs to be fixed. So this is why all of this right after a fall is so important because the argument from the insurance company is going to be, you weren't watching where you were walking. It's all your fault for whatever happened. You are the one that's responsible. And that's simply not the case when you know what retail business owners know. And whether it's an apartment complex, they know maintenance is constantly required on their property that things are constantly breaking, potholes are developing, places where cars park. Have you ever noticed some places where, where all the cars park up next to the walkway? Over time, asphalt settles where those front tires are. That's the heavy part of the car. It's got the engine. Well, and you think, okay, that just happens, right? Well, I've had people that have fallen in those before. And those are hard to see because they're the same color as the rest of the asphalt, but there's a depression there. And what you learn, if you talk to people that know about asphalt, experts, engineers, asphalt settles. That's why, take a look next time, you'll see in an asphalt parking lot where the trash truck comes to pick up the dumpster. So find the dumpster. You will see that around the dumpster area, it's concrete. The rest of the parking lot will be asphalt, but right there where that trash truck is always coming, always loading the dumpster into their truck, it's concrete. Because they know with the heaviness of that trash truck, it would take no time at all for that asphalt to settle. And they'd have to constantly be repairing it. But concrete, it doesn't do that. It takes a lot longer for it to start showing signs of wear and problems. And up by where cars park next to the walkway, most of the time, it's not concrete. It's asphalt. And over time, it settles and it creates those divots and that creates a hazard. And so a responsible property owner, they know that they've owned that property or any property long enough. They know that's going to happen and they've got to make sure that they're either filling those depressions to even them out or replacing that whole strip with new asphalt. So it's little things like this. You know, when you get into the claims process, you're dealing with insurance companies on a fall or you're in a lawsuit and you're dealing uh, with a fall injury claim. These are the things that are crucial because you don't know, right? More than likely, as a person that fell, you don't know what they know. And they're going to blame it all on you. Everything's going to be, where were you looking? How were you walking? What shoes were you wearing? Do you have any physical conditions that 
affect your walking, all those things. They're going to throw it all at you and they're going to try to get 100% of the fault on you, which can happen in Missouri. If this goes all the way to a full-blown jury trial, a jury could put 100% of the fault on the person that fell. So the evidence is important to put up there to show this company, they had the knowledge, they had the policies in place that should have been providing them the ability to discover hazards on their property and fix them before anybody ever encountered them. But they weren't doing it. They weren't enforcing their policies. They weren't, they had no mechanism for their policy to actually go into effect. I've run into situations where won't name the store, but a large store says, no, we don't have any official recorded floor inspections, but every employee knows it's always their job to look out for hazards and, and make sure they take care of them. It's every employee's job all the time. If they work eight hours, every employee, that's what they're doing all the time that they're working. Boo, no, not true. What's the old saying? If it's everybody's job, it's nobody's job, right? Because if if they're told, hey, you know, everybody, team huddle here. It's everybody's job to be watching out for hazards and stuff. Well, then everybody thinks, well, everybody else is doing it. I don't have to really concentrate on it. And I've got one million other things I need to be doing. I've got, you know, you're telling me and you're monitoring me and you're getting on to me if I'm not stocking shelves, if I'm not telling customers where things are, if I'm not, you name it. But you've never really said, hey, did you check the floor lately? You've just said it's everybody's job to always be doing that. So what is a really good system? It's a system where the policy is every, you name it, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it may be, we have floor inspections. They're logged by the employees. And we know that at least we're doing our best possible effort to make sure employees are taking time out to do it. You'll notice a lot of times in bathrooms, there's a checklist on the wall. People have signed off, put what time they check the bathroom, right? Because they're really concerned about the bathroom being clean, having paper towels, having soap, all those things. Well, the entire store, there's no difference. They need to be logging when they're checking the floors. Because the argument that always comes back is, look, that dangerous condition, if it was a spill, it could have been there for five seconds before my client encountered it. How are we supposed to know, right? Well, what you need to be able to show us is the last time you actually inspected that area. And then we can start to dial in on, okay, if you say you inspected it 15 minutes before my client fell and you show that with written evidence, okay, well, now we've narrowed it down, right? And that does help the store because the store says, I mean, you know, we can't see every part of the store at every second. 
So we're doing our best, but so many times it's not even there. That that does there are no logs, there are no records, and lo and behold, there's no video to show how long the substance, the liquid, whatever it is, was on the floor. So this is why all of this is just so important and it's complicated. And, you know, depending on how far this goes, how far or how serious the injury is, all of this really becomes an issue. So you got to make sure from the beginning everything's being done correctly to preserve evidence, to put the owner on the defense, put that insurance company that's coming in behind the owner. They're the ones hiring the lawyers. They're the ones defending the case. They're the ones that are ultimately going to pay or not pay. Got to put them on the defense. You got to show them why this could have been prevented and your client could have avoided very serious injury in the very beginning if the things were being done, being done in the right way. Now, sometimes things are so blatantly bad on a property. Somebody forgot to put the manhole cover back on the right way. Somebody walks across it. It gives way. They fall. They sustain serious injury. Makes it a lot harder, right? On whoever was working in the manhole, they didn't get it on right. And it's it's on them, at least in theory. Now, again, there's always the arguments. Well, the person should have seen that the manhole cover was loose. But again, that's insurance arguments and a lot easier to defeat. But so many falls really come down to the nitty gritty of what the records are going to show, what the evidence is going to be. So that's a real good overview. Here's another really important thing. And I would actually direct you to part three of our anatomy of a car accident injury claim episode. You can find that. It's part three, anatomy of a car accident injury claim. That talks about everything you kind of need to know after a car accident where you're hurt, talks about you need to make sure you get medical treatment. It'll give you those details. I don't need to spend a lot of time here on it, but here's what you've got to remember. If you're hurt after a fall, you have to go get medical care. Don't try to tough it out. Sometimes it's going to be so serious, an ambulance going to take you away from the scene, and those things are going to take care of themselves. But if you fall, you're embarrassed. Everybody's embarrassed when they fall. Nobody wants to fall. Nobody wants to be in public and have that happen. And a lot of people try to get up, brush it off, move on. But if you're hurting and you think you've really hurt yourself, go get medical care. And by the way, don't guess on what caused you to fall, okay? If you know you fell, if you know it was slippery, if you know it's something that caught your foot, you know, if you've got the awareness while you're down there to take a survey of your surroundings and figure it out, great. If you're not sure you need to get back there, you need to have somebody get back there. You need to identify what was the issue. Okay. That's important. 
because you can't just make a claim saying I fell, but I don't know why. That's not going to fly. You got to know what was it? Was there a dangerous condition that caused you to fall? That's important. And again, you got to get medical care. You got to make sure you're tending to injuries. And you got to know what the extent of those injuries is going to be. Um, that's all important. That's all very, very important. I can't stress it enough. And again, watch that other podcast episode or listen to it to get more detail on that as well. Um, and you got to remember if you're dealing with insurance companies on your own, you haven't reached out to a lawyer to help you with all of this, you're in the danger zone. I always say it, you're in the danger zone. Do not give a recorded statement. Honestly, in a fall, everything you say is so crucial. Because again, what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to put it all on you. And where you were looking, how you were walking, what you were wearing, they're going to put the fault on you. So everything you say to an insurance company can and will be used against you in a court of law. So don't talk to them. Just don't. Get a lawyer. It's that important. Because as I've already laid out for you, we know how to flip the script and put the responsibility really where it should be. You are a customer. You are a member of the public. You do not have the knowledge that the property owner has. So that's why it's really important. And so why did I name this episode Don't Fall For It? Because don't let a property owner or somebody else that's responsible for a dangerous condition is responsible for your fall and your injuries and all the things that flow from that. Don't let them put the blame on you unless you truly are the sole cause of your fall. You tripped over your feet. You lost your balance. You blacked out. Whatever it is, don't play insurance games and lose. Get the help you need. I'm always here. Feel free to reach out. Otherwise, I hope you found this podcast helpful, informative, and as I always ask, if you did, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening and share it with somebody you may know that could use this information. Until the next episode, be safe, be well.